On this episode of the Million Dollar Mortgage Experience Podcast, John Maddox sits down with VP of Business Development and Strategy at 11X Marketing, Stefan Gagliano. Chances are, even if you don't know their name, you are familiar with their work since 11X is responsible for some of the best marketing in the mortgage business, and they have also worked with notable Fortune 500 companies such as BMW and H&R Block, just to name a few. The two speak about old school marketing methods, why you may be making noise instead of effective marketing, and much more. Welcome to the Million Dollar Mortgage Experience Podcast. Listen in as CEO John Maddox of Fund Loans reveals tips, secrets, and origination ideas to fill your pipeline with million dollar opportunities. Welcome to the show. And before I forget, please like, share, and subscribe so that we can get more followers and tell more people what we're doing over here and give, giving away some really great ideas. So welcome to the show, Stephen, right? Stephen? Yes. And you are a marketing guru, I would say. Well, you've been doing it a long time. I have been doing it a long time. I hate the word guru. Yeah. What, like so how would I'm, you describe it? You know, I'm a professional marketing hard worker. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, always learning something. That's great. We always want to learn, right? That's that's how you you don't uh, you don't stop evolving. And uh, so, anyway, so let's talk about kind of what your expertise is. You know, you you have a company that you're head of business strategies and development, correct? Right. And you help coach mortgage brokers, some some mortgage brokers, some other industries. On uh, tell us a little bit about what you're doing. Sure. Eleven X Marketing is a marketing agency. Okay. We have a very solid foundation in the mortgage business, having worked for some of the largest lenders in the industry for probably a combined 50 years experience among the four people that really have founded the company. That's great. Um, So really anything that a mortgage lender would have done for marketing, whether it be collateral materials, events, emails, marketing automation, um, direct mail, websites, social media. We did all that for mortgage lenders. And again, I I don't know if I should mention them, but some very large ones. Yeah. No, I think you mentioned here earlier uh, some of the big ones you had. You'd worked for Option One, Carrington Mortgage. We've all heard of those guys, uh, big companies. And but you have a different approach, I would say. You know, some some marketing companies from what I've seen is they specialize maybe in digital marketing or they specialize in like let's say mail marketing, right? Back in the day, a lot of mortgage brokers would send out mail campaigns and and they would get, you know, response calls and, and, and they would just kind of shoot at the dark. Sometimes they would have like a, a, a good approach, like I want to target this particular zip code, maybe with this particular product. And, but it sounds like what you guys do, correct me if I'm wrong, is you take a holistic approach, you, you analyze the business, try to find out, you know, everything that the business is trying to do. Am I, am I putting words in your mouth or is this? No, that's, that's right. I mean, I think before we know how we could ever help anybody with marketing, right. we have to know about what the business actually provides, right. who their customers are, um, how they're positioned in the market mm-hmm. with what they provide, what their DNA is a little bit, their mission. Mm-hmm. And really that's going to shape the channels that you use for marketing and the messages and the content that you're going to use in order to communicate it. So what kind of hurdles have you seen in marketing for, for a mortgage broker? Uh, noise. I would say if I had to just say one word, it's that 
the competition for people's attention is so fierce. Right. And people are receiving telephone calls every day, although maybe not as much anymore. Lower your rate. You know, ads on the radio. Yep. Everything, right? They're getting door hangers sometimes. They're getting direct mail. They're getting email. And the big challenge for anybody is, how do I stand out? Why are they going to pay attention to me? Yeah, that's good. Because as I think about it as a consumer, as a homeowner, as a mortgage broker, there is so much junk mail, right? That's been played out. I think, you know, as a homeowner, I get even, it's funny. I like, I love to see what the junk mail looks like, like the the advertisements that you get in the the mail. But also, you you hear nonstop on the radio, right? You hear all kinds of ads. I think, you know, people these days, a lot of people, I might be wrong, but they listen they don't listen to the radio as much they listen to maybe their their iPods or their you know they have their Apple phone or whatever phone and they're just connecting bluetooth to their to their speakers and so there there there's there's a lot of miss like there's a lot of missed opportunities because people just dumping money into radio do you think that's true or do you think there's a space for for radio I advertising i think there may be some space because there are certain audiences, right? Older audiences that still listen predominantly to radio. So it really depends on your demographic. Exactly. I love that you said that earlier offline. You said, you know, we were talking about, because we do, you know, fund loans, we do jumbo and non-QM, which is like self-employed borrowers and, you know, foreign national are people who are buying uh, properties that, you know, that are cash flow properties, things like that. You really have to know who you're marketing to, right? Like if you know, you're going to tell us about what you're saying earlier about marketing to first time home buyers versus jumbo and things like that. You don't want to do a big noise where it's kind of like a, a shotgun blast, right? That, that's right. Because in many cases, you will actually undermine your own efforts. If I'm trying to attract a very high net worth individual, they have an expectation mm-hmm. with the messaging that they receive. Right. So if they see messaging from you as a mortgage broker, and I mean, that's predominantly your audience, I would imagine, yeah. in the podcast as a mortgage broker. But if you're a- approaching high net worth individuals with marketing messages about first time home buyer programs. Zero down. Yeah. Zero down, establishing and building credit so that you can qualify for a home. These people are not qualifying for the first mortgage. If they're getting a $5 million mortgage, they right. probably had mortgages before. And actually, if they see you messaging in that manner, you're probably going to lose that audience forever. They won't listen to you anymore because you don't have credibility right. and you're not speaking to the things that are important to them. Right. And I, I think about now how targeted marketing has become. Like when I go on Instagram or Facebook, man, I almost feel like they're listening to me, right? Like right now they're somehow probably listening to me because I get messages that are, you know, you need to shave, right? You know, stuff like that. Like they know, it's somehow they know what, what I'm into or what things that I've, you know, that I'm talking about or things that I'm Googling or looking at or websites that you go to. So like if you're in the market for a boat or you're in the market for a car, you, you know, and you're, you're looking at, you know, certain cars, there's now going to be images on your Instagram that that BMW, right, is going to be, or whatever car you're looking at, is going to be on your on your phone. So I think the thing that digital marketing has got right is somehow they've tapped into knowing their audience. And I think that is so huge in when you're when you're marketing. Do you is there other ways beyond digital marketing that you can do that same thing? I mean, I think the old school methods still apply. Okay. And 
knowing your data and continually refining it and adding to it and appending information to your data set. So the fact that I know your name today, Mm -hmm. I know John. So he can be in my database. Tomorrow, I may learn that John has an income of a certain amount of money. I want to capture that information. Mm -hmm. I'll get his email address. I'll find out maybe that he owns you know, a house in Rancho Santa Fe. So Mm -hmm. you add that to the data set and you keep compiling data so that you do hire someone that just goes and looks at your data list and then looks them up online and then just kind of fills in fields and know, like, is that part of strategy to do it? Or how do you add to your data fields? Well, I'm, I think the sales reps are probably in the best position with loan officers. They're mm-hmm. talking to customers mm-hmm. and anytime they pick up a tidbit, they can add it to their data set. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was one of the things I was going to address a little bit later in the conversation because I know uh, one of the topics we were going to discuss was how can somebody inexpensively, right. you know, tap into that market. Well, database space is cheap, right? And companies will give away CRM systems to allow you to use them so that you can maybe use some of their other functionality that maybe they can charge for. Mm-hmm. And when I I know that in a lot of cases, the um, mortgage community has a big mix in data adopters and then still people doing it old school, whether it be, you know, one card sheets Mm -hmm. that are physical sheets of paper for follow up to Excel sheets for their database. And that's who their contacts are going to be on. So if you're on Excel, please get off and get into a CRM. That's the message I'm hearing. That is the message that I'd be delivering. I mean, one of my... And you can get CRMs for pretty cheap, right? I mean, there's... And or free. And free. Do you have a couple you could throw out there? There's some names. Be in touch. I've heard of. I've heard of Zoho. What else? I mean, I know uh, there's a couple that are so expensive that we wouldn't even mention their name. But yeah, what are, are some free ones that are that are great? Right. Some enterprise solutions aren't going to be applicable for you know a mortgage broker who's going to be you know one to thirty sure. right, in their yeah. shop, even large broker right, shops. Right. But I know um, Sharp Spring has. A, CR, a CRM and some automation. HubSpot has got some CRM. So are these like they, newer tech companies that have come out and that made it made it kind of easy to do a CRM? Is that, is that um, why they're co- free? Copper, if you use G Suite, you know, uh, it integrates natively with Google. So oh, there cool. are companies out there that will give away the database piece yeah. to hopefully get you to use some of their other marketing. And huh. some of those things are worthwhile as well. That's cool. SendGrid. I mean, that's marketing automation, uh, not necessarily marketing automation, but email service providers. Mm-hmm. The, the people that are, you know, uploading lists from Excel all the time, they're probably wasting some of the time that they can be out in front of customers and selling jumbo mortgages. Right, right. I, I mean, it's so true. The the noise you're talking about, right, is, is I kind of, when I drive down the highway, freeway, whatever, you look and you'll still see billboards. I like to look around because I've I've learned now that I have kids, you shouldn't text and drive. <laughs> My kids are like, right? Dad, put your phone down, right? And I'm like, yeah, I wasn't really going to use it, you know. But uh, the, the phone is where all the attention is. So, I mean, if you have, especially if you're not the driver, you're on your phone, you know. And so nobody's looking up at the noise at the billboards. People are looking at, you know, their phone and they're looking at wherever that their attention is, is all here on their phone. 
So, uh, do you guys still ever, do you think there's ever a reason to do a billboard these days? I do. You do? It depends on who you are, right? Right. If or you're who Mc- you're trying to, to attract. Right. If you're McDonald's and you have, hey, McRibs are back two for six bucks. And you're at a stoplight and it's right there. And you see it and you go, darn, I want a McRib. Yeah. Right? So they're an established brand. They don't have to explain who they are. You see the golden arches. You probably know what a McRib is. So it's not for everybody. But in a case like that, I see that it's valuable. You wouldn't put like self-employed mortgages up on a highway. No, I wouldn't. (laughs) That's not the way. All right. So you got to have some intelligence when you're marketing. So I think what what we got to realize as mortgage people is that we're, we might be good at certain things, but we're not good at everything. So it might make sense to hire a, a professional marketing coach or a company that, that really knows really how to drill down or listen to podcasts about marketing, but you'd certainly right. aren't going to just think of it yourself and think you have the greatest ideas ever to just market, right? I mean, there's, there's a huge method to the madness when it comes to marketing. It's true. And there's also you know, a lot of mortgage brokers, they only have so many hours in a day, right? So it's not that marketing is important. Borrowers wouldn't think that. They call us all the time every, every hour, <laughs> but, but you're where right. Is your, where is your time best spent? Right. So is my best time best spent in front of somebody that might actually close a mortgage with me? Yeah. Or am I going to be in here trying to craft an email that somebody will respond to? Right. Let people who do that for a living do what they do so you can do what you do. Yep. I remember when we would we would find, you know, gosh, 15, 10, no, 10 years ago, we'd find this amazing letter that everyone would, res- you know, our, our response rate would go up by 5% or 2% and you'd be like, oh my gosh, this letter is the coolest letter ever. And, you know, and you'd, ha- you'd have someone that knew what was like, you know, the right thing to do on the outside. Was it a window envelope? Was it, you know, uh, do you put a stamp on it that looked official? Was it, did it look like a tax document? You know, there's all these little methods that people would use. But like now, you know, things have evolved and and I think there's probably other real cool nifty ways of getting people to respond for specific type of loans. Those are all things to test, by the way. Yeah. Right. So in marketing, there's no one way to do it. Mm -hmm. Try it. See if it works. Do it on a small scale. You need to do it in a scale large enough to know whether it actually worked or not. Sure. And then when you find out that something doesn't work. You put your dollars into the tactics that do. What do you think the biggest old marketing method that brokers are using or that they're holding on to? And they're, is it mail? Is it, you know, I know the noise you mentioned earlier was, you know, is, is there's, there's certainly mortgage brokers listening, maybe even me, you know, people that are that are holding on to an old marketing method. I mean, this this podcast is definitely a new marketing method, but what would be something that you could say please stop doing this tomorrow if you're a mortgage broker. Well, it depends if you're a mortgage broker and you're after a first-time home buyer. Yep. Or if you're a mortgage broker and you're after super jumbo loans. Right. Right? So if you're looking for first-time home buyers, maybe door hangers in apartment complexes mm-hmm. would be great. You know, something Good. that works and you can test that out. And you could probably print some up pretty inexpensively and get them on doors pretty inexpensively. Mhm. It's not going to work if you go into Rancho Santa Fe and put door hangers on, if you can get to the front door of some of the multi-million <laughs> dollar residences there. <laughs> right. So it's it's not a matter of what works and what doesn't. It What works for your market. So right. it's approaching your audience where your audience spends time. 
Good, good call. Yeah, I mean, I've heard of just bizarre ways of getting the attention, like go to a Four Seasons bar, Four Seasons bar, go to, you know, print a, a wedding invitation to mail very high end to high end homes. So it looks like a wedding invitation, right? And we invite you to reduce your mortgage payment, you know, stuff like that. Um, but but there are so many different methods. Is there is there one, though, that you think that's outdated? Like is, is mail outdated? I would say yes specific? and no. Yes and no. It depends. We had a lot of success in mailing to our portfolio customers. So they had a different reason mm-hmm. to open up our piece of mail because sure. they already had their mortgage with us. Right. And so they were going to be So more maybe that's receptive. a good way to send to your past clients, right? Like, right. you know, hey, it's, like, rates are drop, rates have dropped, might be a good time to either look at, look at, you know, lowering the rates or getting, picking up a second home or a rental property, something like that. The other thing is um, the relationship that you have. So mm-hmm. people that are more intimate with you, mm-hmm. you know, the handwritten thank you, right? That's kind of cliche. I think in a lot of cases, and especially since it's not something that you're going to have to spend zillions of dollars on, hey, I'm now reminded that the person on the other end of this, it's not just a transaction. There's a real person there. And especially, I mean, if we're going to talk about the market that fund loans is after, right? The super demos, those people value relationships. They do. Yeah. That's true. Um, a handwritten note does go a long way. Some, In some, some cases, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially if you did a loan for them and, you know, people don't get mail that just is, is a handwritten note. I mean, it's kind of like that's like a lost form of, you know, thanking somebody, right? It's like just a little effort like that. People might go, huh. And then your card's in there and yeah, for repeat business. Um, and if you've supplemented your data in your CRM system, you'd know a little bit more about them and you can add something in your handwritten note very unique and specific to that individual so they know this isn't just something going out to everybody Mm -hmm. but hey you know hope your kid makes the soccer team this year or baseball team or whatever because you know a little bit about them you wrote wrote that down in your notes yeah and your data set yeah that's good with all your experience um what has the evolution of marketing been and do you see a new evolution on the horizon I see the evolution of marketing as being more data-driven. Mm-hmm. So you better know and you better track what you're doing so that you actually have an idea of what did and what did not work. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is it's multi-channel. So it's not about one silver bullet. It's about knowing that, hey, if I'm going to be targeting people that are in this demographic of age 55 to 75, maybe that audience is more receptive to being um, targeted on the radio. If I'm talking to somebody that's 25 to 35, probably not, and I better be online and I better be in social media. Mm -hmm. So it's about adding all the channels and being able to understand who's in your database and where they fit so that you can segment them and approach each with the right channel, the right message, and the right time. So it's, and you can't do that with without knowing a more about them and b having the tools to be able to recognize who they are and track what happened when you did something. So it's kind mm-hmm. of adding the big data element of being able to understand how my efforts paid off in the past. Interesting. You mentioned social media there. 
talk, let's talk about that because, you know, I think the average age of a mortgage broker, I don't have the, the data in front of me. Do you know? Uh, no, but I know that it's not particularly young. I want to say at, 50s, least in, maybe? At, at least in the mid-40s. Mid-40s, late, maybe late 40s. But it's also a business that's easy to get in mm-hmm. and out. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of new entrants and People left the you know, during the crash and maybe came back now that they've... 54. 54%. Okay. Or, or, so, sorry, age 54. 54. Yeah, 54 is the age. So, um, you know, not that that's particularly old. That's very young these days. Uh, Thank you for saying that. <laughs> um, yeah, birthdays come quick as we get older. <laughs> but um, I will say, you know, for for kids like that are 15, 16, 17, the digital marketing, the, uh, the Snapchats, the Facebooks, I mean, really they don't, they don't go on Facebook, but like Instagram and things like that, Instagram right? Instagram for the long, younger audiences. They know, they know stuff. I mean, like yesterday I found out that Instagram actually has a similar feature as Snapchat where you can send a picture and it deletes like or just as a one time thing the stories never, right? yeah they well, last no, for a day no it's that is one element and I know about that but but the uh, element that I learned because I have kids yesterday was that that you can send a photo and to a direct message and you can send it as a do you know what I'm talking about it's where you like send it as a one time or a yeah, one time view one time view and then, it and then it deletes forever so there's stuff that you know like I'm 46 there's stuff that I have no idea that these social media things do right and and I think of like our listeners our viewers you know we don't have time to go in and learn all this stuff about Instagram and and Facebook and Snapchat and you know kids somehow they just know it they figure it out their friends show them or whatever it is and that's what they're doing right and and I guess you know a lot of younger people will know a lot more about the the social media however we do have a lot of people that are you know in the home buying ages in fate on Facebook there's there's a lot of other features that Facebook adopts like Snapchat and like features and different algorithms and different things. Well, they bought Instagram, right? Right. They own Instagram. So, so you can market on Facebook and Instagram simultaneously. Correct. And you can, I know they've changed some of their, their rules about how you market because of doing different things with, uh, uh, being politically correct, maybe, or whatever it might be, but I know that there's Hate a lot of change. speech can be taken down, right? You can be reported. Right. Um, political messages can get flagged. Right, or if you just only want to market to people who have money or wealth, it, you, you probably can't do that as much as you could maybe two years ago. You know, you have to, the demographics have to be more wide and different things like that, which is fine. I understand why they're doing that. However, it's harder now to target specific types of home buyers, right, or homeowners. Um, what, what can people do now with digital marketing that they couldn't do before? I mean, is there, is there, are there ways? So I guess the question is being that we're, you know, a demographic that's over 40 typically, uh, do you think it makes sense to hire, you know, let's say you're an operation of maybe 12 mortgage brokers or five or four. And you just don't have time to focus on that. Do you think it makes sense to maybe put a part-time person in your office, younger, that might know, you know, the heart of digital marketing? Like, or, or, or I think it's thoughts? important to be there. And if you're not going to be the person to do it, yeah, you need to be there. So find a way. And you mentioned 
the younger generation, they just know how to do it. That's because right. they're native technology users. They were born into it. it. Yeah, they so grew true. up with it. They grew up with the phone in their hand, and they're, they're on there every day and living it. So right. they're going to know how to use it. Yeah. As opposed to somebody that had to learn several different methods before learning that, they're adding something else. This is the only thing they know. Right. So if you're lucky enough to have a kid that's you know in that age group that could help you, great for free or for their allowance. But uh, other than that, you probably need to hire you know someone out of high school, college, or something that that can. I think a younger audience has an advantage. It's not that. You know, people in our generation. I'm gonna put me in. I'm gonna put myself in your generation just to make mm-hmm. me yeah. feel a little better. Yeah, I'm a little older than you are. I have more grays than you. <laughs> I, I cut mine off. <laughs> but uh, it's not that we can't learn it. It's just that it's different when you're born into it. Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. Um, so, do you, do you think you know it's good money spent? Facebook with mortgages. I think. I think it's. Good money spent, I think, for sure to try mm-hmm. and see how it pans out. I mean, in marketing, that's my message to everybody is unless you try it, you don't know. And it's not as if when you try something, you're committing to it forever. Hopefully, it's trial, you test, and you have to know how to set up a test of, okay, here's a population we did it to. Here's a population we did not do it to. Take a look at the results, and you can find out, did this have a return? Did it not have a return? And when you learn, you move on, and you do the things that work. Well, you can certainly find a good ROI now, right? Because the data doesn't lie, right? If you go into Facebook and you you put some money behind it, you can see how many people click on it. You can see how many people you know, saw your ad. You can see. Yep. So, so, I mean, I think... I guess my question is, if you're a mortgage broker, do you do you want to learn this stuff yourself, or at least know enough about it to to where you can't get sort of like scammed by a company? And and you know, if are there some really reputable? Imagine there's reputable companies, and then there's bad companies that are that are just taking money and just throwing an ad on and giving you a report, and you're not really you know getting getting your money's worth. But those people probably wouldn't get a lot of repeat business, I would imagine. So sure. what, what, if you were in my shoes or a mortgage broker's shoes, what would you do to go find a company that could handle all your digital marketing other than call you, right? Well, sure. Of course, call, call, call us. 11X, yeah. But I mean, I think interviewing a few people is a good idea. Right. Right. Taking a look to see, do they have reviews? Do they have past clients that they've worked with? Um, Ask your fellow mortgage friend, you know, what are you doing or, you know, right? That's later on in my notes for what they can do to land the big fish. Mm Because I know that's why people want to be on the podcast, right? How do I land those big customers? Yeah, I mean, mean, it's like if you can get a $2 million loan, you know, you get paid the same as if doing 10, $200,000 loans. So right. might as well go after some bigger it's ones. It's a volume right? business. Right. It is. So how, let's go, let's jump to that. What, what would you do to find those customers? So the first thing is I always look to the easiest thing first. Look at the data that you have. Yeah. Right. Cause you already have it. You already own it. You don't have to pay for it. And, um, where would that be? Like the past clients or past it, w- it would be past clients. It would probably be the people that are in your contact database. Again, if it's in Excel. Maybe on your LinkedIn or. In your, yep, your, your social media contacts, all of that. If it's in your Excel spreadsheet, get it into a CRM system where you can actually um, segment your audience, mm-hmm. right? And then it's making sure that you communicate with them in a way that, they know you understand them. Sure. 
right? We kind of touched on it a little bit. If you're talking to somebody about jumbo loans, it's not about establishing credit to qualify. It's not about saving money for a down payment. It's not about trying to, you know, create a college tuition program necessarily. Mm -hmm. But the type of content that people that use jumbo mortgages, right? It's communicating with them so that they know you understand them. Mm -hmm. And ultimately you're saying, what's the evolution of marketing? It's touching everybody in the way that they're already where they already are. Mm -hmm. So they don't have to look to find you. You are where they are. And it's through learning, whether it be, you know, in a newspaper, right? That's, Newspaper readership is down because everybody's right. getting their news. There's just source. nonstop Trump headlines. Can't get away from it. <laughs> Can't get away. Right. So it's like, where, where's the news? I don't know. Let me move through all these headlines. And, but. and you mentioned it. If I click on a, a company's website, I go on Facebook, I'm going to see an ad from that company because they know the IP address mm-hmm. that you clicked from on their website and they know to deliver when you log into social media an ad on those social media. So they know where you live mm-hmm. and they can target you you there. But it's not just about will they see you, it's about what are they going to see when they see you. So what are you going to talk to people who you need to have jumbo mortgages about? Well, if all you talk to them about is jumbo mortgages, it's gonna ring kind of hollow because not everybody that gets jumbo mortgages is always in the market for a jumbo mortgage. Right. They have other stuff. But you know that they're a high net worth individual. Mm-hmm. And it's what I was talking to you about earlier is rich people problems. Mm-hmm. So the people with money have problems that are going to be on their desks every day. It's going to be, well, geez, if I've got all these assets, can I still get my kid a scholarship to a university? Or are they going to not give me a scholarship because I have all these assets? Mm-hmm. There are strategies to use that Somebody who has money might say, oh, I'm going to look into that. And if you're the one distributing it and your brand is what they equate with rich people problems, they're going to know you understand them. So estates and trusts, right? People have to plan for their estates. Um, Investment properties. Qualify Uh for mortgages when you own a business, right? Uh Because it's not W-2 income. These are going to be problems that they deal with on a regular basis. Right. Um, Networking with other professionals who work with high net worth individuals. So high net worth individuals will have accountants Uh because they can save a lot of money in taxes. They're going to have attorneys, right? And if those people know you and they know that you're in the mortgage business, then there's the chance of a referral from those clients. So if you notice, now I'm going back to, right, we were talking about these big media ways of getting to people, and it's actually getting small, right? Because mortgage brokers, yeah, they could do mortgages anywhere in the state they're licensed, but for the most part, they're going to do more business in their local communities. Mm -hmm. So it's working with some of those people who are influential in the community and being in those circles. So it's knowing where the big fish swim Mm -hmm. and knowing where to cast your line in order to, okay, if I'm going to be fishing, I'm going to be fishing at least where I know there are big fish. I'm not necessarily going to catch all the fish, but if I catch one and I know big fish are there, it's all about upping my chances. Yeah, I'm not a a big fisherman, but uh, I I do remember the time I went deep sea fishing. And I, I watched the eyeballs of the driver and the and the uh, the person that was navigating to where we were trying to go to find the big fish, 
And I, I was fascinated by how they kept looking up in the air and they were looking for birds. And I was like, wow, that's, they know where the fish are because the birds. So the birds see the bait fish. Yep. The big fish push the bait fish up to the top of the water. Mm-hmm. So if there are bait fish on the surface, it's because there are big fish underneath and they have to know what the signs are. It's exactly yeah. right. So you got to know, goes back to what we we're talking about, the attention. Where's the attention and where's the, where your demographic, where are they, you know, where are they looking, where are they hanging out, what are they doing? That's a way that you can find these big A lot of business fish. is still done on the golf course, right? But yeah. I mean, what can a small business do without having a $200,000 golf membership? Sure. I mean, if you've got a website and you're a broker, mm-hmm. you should have a page dedicated to only the information that people that have money would want to talk about. Right. They don't want to go through your first time home buyer page. So you may have mm-hmm. a page dedicated to first time home buyers. And on that page, you'll address their issues. You may have, you know, an FHA government conventional page. Right? Yep. But you might also have a business Jumbo owner, mortgage, investment property. Exactly. Self right. Perfect. Right. Because then if they go there, they're not going to see the stuff that's not relevant to them. Yeah. They're like, I'm not a veteran. Man, you know, I can't get that zero down low rate. Maybe I have to put more down. I'm self-employed because I can't show my tax returns or whatnot. And I think, you know, if you're looking for self-employed borrowers, I mean, most of the time the CPAs are the ones that know really what someone, you know, can qualify for. They're looking at their tax returns all the time. Business managers, stuff like that, right? I mean, so... Um, would you would you even make a campaign just to find people that advise rich people or people that advise you know high net worth individuals? Uh, a campaign just so that way you could maybe network with those people to get those referrals. I would say you, a campaign to be able to network with them because right. just because you've targeted them with them, say an email saying, "Hey, I realize you're a CPA and you have high net worth clients. I want you to refer them to me." Right, you wouldn't go at them that way. Right, but you might say. Hey, I can offer you a new product for some of your cl- customers' clients. That's right. And I might be a great resource for you if you don't know about these kind of products. Maybe do an educational thing where you're teaching them, you know, about your kind of products. I think that could could certainly open the doors for some referrals. I've got another tip that's not marketing related. Let's hear it. And it's it's something I learned. I was in the insurance business a long time ago. Yeah. And you know, people can buy insurance to put food on the table in case something happens to you. Mm -hmm. But then there are reasons why people with money buy insurance and it could be an estate tax planning situation. And our managing director said, okay, if you run into an estate planning situation, don't try and sell it yourself. Because somebody that has a lot of assets, they wanna work with somebody that's done it before Mm -hmm. and they don't want to cut their teeth with you. Sure. They don't want you to cut their teeth with them. And they'll smell that you're new a mile away. Yeah. You don't know how to talk to them because it's not necessarily the market you're in all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and the old expression was 50% of something's better than 100% of nothing. Mm-hmm. Find somebody with that high net worth person as a natural market that's closed jumbo loans before. Bring them in on the first one or two or three deals. Yep. Split the big case. Watch what they do, mm-hmm. watch how they talk, watch how they present, and you're gonna get paid back tenfold because then you're gonna be able to take it back and know how to work that customer. Right. Now how to hold the hand through the entire process. They expect a different level of service, right? Right, right. And somebody that's done it before will have that and you won't have it if it's your first one. 
I think I'm, when you say that, it, it resonates with me because I remember when I was young in the business and I wanted to do jumbo loans and I thought, what's the best way for me to learn is, you know, I, I had a good knack for meeting people. You know, I grew up with moving around a lot and going to new schools and stuff. So I always could make friends pretty quick. But one of the things I realized was, you know, go after someone who, or go work for someone who might specialize in that. So they're already marketing to that area, right? So they're, maybe they have ads there, you know, they've already, do, you can you can find out production if you go online, you can see, you know, with different call reports and stuff like that, but, you, or, or you can just see people who are successful already in that kind of field. And then you can go work under them for three months, six months, you know, 12 months and bring them business and then sit and be mentored by them. And then once you're ready, then you can go off on your own. But I think kind of what you're saying is, is, is really important because it's kind of like, you know, you wouldn't go off and be, you know, whatever. I don't know why this popped in my head, but like a skydiver, you know, you wouldn't go out and be a skydiver. You get a tandem, right? You, you do that first, you do that a few, you know, till you're ready. And then, then you start going on your own, but anything like that, right? You wouldn't be a sushi chef. You wouldn't, you know, cut sushi perfectly without having a mentor and someone that's doing it too. There's so many ways that you can be mentored by people that are doing those high end loans that you could kind of piggyback with. And then, and it's how to sell it too. So Watch what they do and watch what they don't do. Yeah, you right. may know every line item on the matrix, right. right? And you may be an expert in that product. But you need does to know customer, when to say that stuff, yeah. Does the customer care? No, What's they important don't care. to him about that loan? That's what you got to emphasize. And yeah. the A lot people, of people oversell. They, 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 they talk too much instead of listen. And then, you know, there's an art in finding what you need to say after listening. Right. Absolutely. That that's the key. Yeah. So that way the person knows that you heard what they were saying, mm-hmm. you're addressing it appropriately and not just regurgitating everything that you might happen to know, which may all be valid. Right. They just don't care. Yeah. And that there's a this this part of perception, right? You gotta learn how to be a perceptive person. And that that's a skill that you can acquire, you can learn how to be perceptive. Um, and be able to answer and target back that answer to the specific question or what they're actually trying to find out versus, like you said, just spouting out information. I think people will will respect that you are working hard and using mental you know, strength or mental um, effort to... And I think also with, with people who are high net worth, they don't have a lot of time for the fluff. They want to hear right... They want to get right down to it and find out what you know exactly they need to know because they're busy. I mean, we're all busy, right? But I would say you can gain more respect if you get to the point quicker and get to what they want quicker. No question. And I mean, I'm sure you've seen it. The best salespeople, uh, best salespeople are the best listeners. Mm-hmm. And the same thing that we were talking about earlier of there being too much noise mm-hmm. and you're inundated with marketing messages everywhere you look every day same thing in a sales situation where if you go through too many of your arrows that you've got and you want to right. use them all the key message that you wanted to emphasize gets lost right and you got to know like does someone want a 30-year fixed or do they want a five-year fixed you got to find out what is their goal 
What's the, what's the point of this loan that they're trying to accomplish? Are they going to stay in it long term? If you're pitching a 30-year fix to someone that's like, I'm moving to Nashville in you know two years for you know my expansion or something like that, and you're trying to sell them on it, you know, and then you know they're going to sell their property so they can buy another one, you're trying to sell them on a 30-year fix that, that doesn't resonate with them. And I spent quite a bit of time in sales, so we've kind of transitioned, right? But right. seriously, it's, it's all relevant to a mortgage broker wanting to get into the market. Yeah. Um, unless you do spend some time with that person, questioning them, getting to understand them a little bit, mm -hmm. you're never going to be able to propose something that's really appropriate because you won't even know yourself. Right. I think that's what a lot of people tend to do is just fire away at what they think, you know, they're assuming, right? They're, they're presuming and uh, versus listening, like you mentioned earlier. That's a huge, huge thing. Yep. Um, what was the last marketing piece that you have that you saw or marketing advertisement that really impressed you? I'm glad you asked that because I, I thought of a great example. I love dogs. Okay. So, I mean, I'm a sucker for any advertising with dogs in it. Mm -hmm. But the key to any successful marketing is making sure that it's consistent with who you are as a company. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if... If I host a you know high kill shelter and I'm doing marketing with dogs in it, it may not resonate so well. Sure. But one of the things that I love is like Subaru's new commercials. Yeah. Right. That's part of their marketing. So Subaru is a brand that's been around for a while, but they always have the personality of okay, a little bit more adventurous. Yeah. Right. Like go, Jeep and yeah, yeah. They're mm -hmm. they're all wheel drive capabilities. Go explore the world. Uh, yeah. the, the road less traveled and all this stuff. So they've always been a little bit of that fun. Mm -hmm. And now they've got you know the Golden Retriever family in their ads, and it, it fits because they were a fun and adventure type of brand. Yeah. Anyway, they're selling a lifestyle. Right. Not Whereas really IBM a car. in the old days wouldn't have been able to do that. Sure. Yeah, so, so do you think Subaru has a great marketing team um, based on that? I'd say it's a great ad commercial like knowing campaign. your customer, right? Yeah. Kind of goes back to that. Knowing who your customer is, what they want, and then giving them that image of that life. Right. right? So if you're, if you're marketing to Super Jumbo, you know, giving them that image of, hey, you're going to get approved because maybe you weren't approved, you know, with a bank, but you could tailor that message to them to a more, you know, here's the lifestyle you could have, maybe a little bit higher rate because it's not a bank product, but you could still have that lifestyle. You don't have to be a renter. You don't have to be someone that's just settling because you can't qualify for this other kind of mortgage because of the way your income is is uh, perceived by the banks or whatever. And necessarily, I mean, you have to be uh, communicating what you're providing, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I mean, you have to have a certain amount of being competitive with rates and costs and all that stuff. A certain amount, right? But really what you're providing is I can get this deal done. Uh -huh. Other people can't get this deal done and you need to bring it to me because, you know, this is a golden egg. Yeah. Mr. Mortgage Broker, you don't want this one to drop. Yeah. You want this one to get carried over the finish line. Right. So to the extent that you establish yourself and not to blow smoke up fun loans, right? But your marketing campaigns really depict who you are. Yep. When I get emails from fun loans, I see $10 million super luxury homes and it's consistent with the products that you're trying to emphasize. So right. it works. You know, it's funny is, is early on when I started the company, uh, I had a, a website called afterforeclosure.com and I went on to Facebook and I was testing marketing on Facebook 
and I could target different, I could target male, female, um, I could target, you know, zip codes, and, and I made several different ads. One of the ads was to female, and it was, and I, and I would, I get tips from my wife or from other people in the office of what they like to see, you know, for a loan that was a bigger loan. And so I did a test market. Okay, here's, here's a outdoor picture of a house. Here's a backyard. Here's a kitchen. And when I tested those three on, on females, the kitchen, the beautiful white kitchen or whatever it was, right? Just this big island, nice sunlight coming in, you know, it was the, uh, it was that that was the most clicked on that one. And then when I was, then I marketing to maybe self-employed individuals and back in that, then you could target their, their income or what they did. So you knew, knew they were self-employed, you know, a backyard kitchen and a, uh, front of a house backyard, right. Was, you know, or, 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 you know, the front of the house, the kitchen wasn't as important, you know, for, for the male side. So it, it, you know, it's just, it's very stereotypical. However, think using those sort of data points on what you know, and then you can test them and you can find, okay, well, that one's not working. I'm not going to use that. I'm not going to use those pictures. I'm going to use this picture. And, uh, that, that opened my eyes a lot to, you know, it seems like obvious that, you know, (laughs) you know, a wife would want a kitchen and a man would want the backyard, you know, in, in their, in their kind of what's going to resonate with them or what's going to catch their eye or, you know, a man cave or, you know, whatever it might be that, that could catch that. But I think knowing that you can do that, you know, with digital marketing is such a huge, especially testing it, you know, cause you never know what people are going to like, but you can guess and then you can give them three options and then you can narrow it down to two or one and then put more money behind the one that's, that's really going to work. Right. I mean, that's exactly it. Testing is the key. So I'm often surprised, mm-hmm. right? I'm not necessarily a typical consumer. What appeals to me, I look at, I say, Oh, that's horrible. I, yeah. I hate that. It's successful. Right. So, you try it. If you know the back of the house works more for a male audience, don't send them kitchens. Right. You can test. Okay, I sent them kitchens. I sent them back of the house. I got twice as many clicks on the back of the house image. Mm-hmm. So knowing your audience, and again, without knowing um, mm-hmm. about your audience and the data, you can't do that. Right. And that kind of folds back into the evolution of marketing is being able to apply what you know about somebody mm-hmm. to all the strategies and be able to track what worked and what didn't. That's good stuff. Um, so if you were a mortgage broker with a moderate budget, uh, what marketing would you get or what would you do to get increase your jumbo mortgage business? So one, I'd look at my existing data, see if yeah. I could identify who the people that I know have money, mm-hmm. right? Because it doesn't make sense trying to market jumbo mortgages to people that don't have money. Sure. Send them messages that are appropriate to people with money. Again, with the content that we kind of talked about, about earlier, yeah. Yeah. right? Estates and trusts, mm-hmm. uh, luxury vacations, luxury cars, because when they're not thinking about mortgages, they're maybe thinking, thinking about, vacation about those and, other things. Yeah. Um, setting up a spot on your website and you know web development a lot of the uh the platforms you don't really have to be an expert in website development in order to duplicate a page make Mm -hmm. a new page with content that's going to be relevant to that audience but set a section aside for the people that you want to send to 
the messages that have more content that's appropriate for people that have money. So, I mean, the, the whole the thing is it has to be consistent. Mm-hmm. You have to look like this is part of your business that you work in regularly. Mm-hmm. You have to have messages that are appropriate for that audience and provide content to them. I mean, really, marketing now is you have to give first yep. in order to get. So if you give them, this is something that's valuable to me. You know, save 500 bucks on a luxury vacation or how to get a scholarship for your child when you have assets. Mm-hmm. Or Okay, so they're getting and it's relevant and consistent with the issues that people have when they have money. One thing I, that's good advice, so thank you. Uh, and it was a good summary to what we talked about. One of the things I think I want to add to it is one thing that people with money get right often is that they hire professionals for things that they that they want done, right? So, Absolutely. Um, you know, we don't really have travel agents anymore, but a lot of people with money, they, they have a, you know, membership to a high-end luxury vacation type of club or, or a service that does, that does, you know, provide you with new luxury homes, you know, that you can vacation to like Inspirado or, um, you know, you, you hire an expert tax person, you would hire a, uh, you know, expert, um, you know, a lot of people with money, they don't just go to your general doctor. They have a special concierge doctor that they use. Right. And so they get that right because they understand, you know, I do what I do best. I'm going to, I'm not going to try to be a master of, you know, all things. I'm just going to be my master of, of one thing and then let, you know, the other experts help me out. And, and I think especially self-employed people who are really successful get that too, because they got to hire the things that they're not good at. They got to hire. So I'm saying this to say, you know, if you're not an expert marketer, even if you think you might be, it's probably good to consult with one, an expert marketer or hire one. It's also good to let someone else who has a real good, good eye for design to design your website, right? Find someone that can do that. If you haven't updated your website in years, which often I think happens, it might be time. And it's cheaper and cheaper now nowadays to to um, to update your websites, um, but but do you think that's a, a good approach? And do you think that makes sense? It is, and people, you know, should put their money into the things that are important to them. And you mentioned a few mm-hmm. really important things, right? Um, people with money will hire and pay for professional accountants, right? And that's because they the, stake, the yeah. stakes are higher, right? Right? If I mess up on my taxes. And a couple of percent of a million dollars, now I'm losing $10,000, right? Yeah. Um, you, don't want, you don't want a low-budget brain surgeon. You <laughs> yeah. want a guy that's going to... Low-budget eye surgeon. <laughs> right. You, you want a guy that's going to fix the problem. And if you've got the money to be able to afford that, yep. it's worth it. Right? It is. Because yeah. my brain's going to work and I'm going to be able to see. Right, right. Uh, website design, there are things that are tried and mm-hmm. tested and they work. I mean, there are... Um, I scan analysis. I mean, people know that when you go to a website, your eye goes to the upper left hand, and then it mm-hmm. goes to the right, and then it goes down a little ways, and it goes to the right. It's like an F. I mean, and there are calls to action and mm-hmm. um, things that you need to have on a web page in order to make it effective. So it's great to spend money to get people to your website by advertising. Mm-hmm. But if your website doesn't convert people when they get there, right. you've wasted all that advertising too. Yep. There needs to be um, information that people are going to see first. Yep. Right. So talking about websites, when somebody 
goes to a website, a page opens up. It has to open up quickly. People don't have patience. Mm-hmm. So your your site has to be responsive, it has to be quick, and it has to be optimized for images right. so that your page renders quickly. The key information has to be located at the top because people often will never even scroll to the bottom no. if they don't see something that captures their attention immediately. And if you don't know what you're doing, you could be also, wasting your money. high-end people want to talk to someone on the phone. Yep. If they're inquiring about something, so make sure your what your phone number's up there, right? I mean, and make sure someone lives answering it. Your calls to action <laughs> should be um, making you available to them, right? However, they want to interact with you. Do you want to submit a web form and me get back to you via email? Fine. Do you want to send a chat? Fine. Do you want to call me? Give them I, options. That's right. They want to be able to contact you how it's most convenient for them. For them, yeah. That's a great don't point. Don't make it and don't drive them to a self-service portal when they want full service. Right. I, I like that. That's good. I know you mentioned Subaru, but is there is that like the ad that most recently kind of like blew your mind? Or like, or is there another that comes to mind when you think of advertising that? Uh, I mean, I think it's consistent with their brand. It's fun. And like I said, I love dogs. I mean, we, we talked about other other brands that have to be true to themselves. We talked about Ferrari, right? Yeah. Because they're a super exclusive, exotic luxury brand. They're not going to send you direct mail. No. Right? They're not going to send you email. Maybe messages. unless you have a black card. Yeah. Right? And they might partner with Amex Black to... To market to you, right? And they may have an ad in like a Robert investor's Port. magazine or something where people that have a lot of money are going to look. But but you're right. They're not going to just mail you something unless there's a reason to. Because it has to be consistent with who they are. And you have to also consider that the fact that they're possibly attracting somebody else could be a diminishing factor for their brand. And it might turn off their core customer if they're appealing to somebody that isn't their core customer because there's an exclusivity with that brand that they need to maintain. Right. That's good. That's very cool. Wow. Well, thanks for uh, for your time. This has been good. Absolutely. I appreciate uh, you having me here. Yeah. Thanks for watching and we'll see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you guys are looking for more content like this, we have a Fun Loans YouTube channel where we give away more tips, secrets, and origination ideas. You can also email us at info at funloans.com. And if you've made it this far, I think it's safe to say you like our content. So please subscribe, share, and send us your scenarios. Let's fund loans together.